listening to the Jets Country Podcast, powered by Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Network. Hello, everybody. I'm Ralph Ventry, your Jets Country Podcast host, and I'm glad to be back with you for episode number two. It's time to kick it up a notch, turn the energy levels up as we got the pilot episode out of the way. Now we're moving on to bigger and better things. We have our first ever special guest interviewee, and he's none other than the Jets veteran punter Thomas Morstead, a 14-year NFL veteran someone who has been to the Pro Bowl, someone who has won a Super Bowl, and it all started when he was a walk-on at Southern Methodist University down in Texas. We talk about that with Thomas. We talk about his start in the pros, his rookie year with the New Orleans Saints, his famous successful onsides kick in Super Bowl 44. Uh, We even mentioned the butt punt that went viral in week two of the 2022 season against Buffalo. Uh, He was really a good sport about that. Uh, Really a lot of fun to speak with. We had some great conversation and hoping that you will get to see this side of Thomas Morstead. He's a dad. He loves his family. He loves football. And he is really excited about being a member of the New York Jets this year. And he's excited about making a run at another Super Bowl. Of course, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and what the trade for Rodgers means for the Jets as a team. We touched on a multitude of topics with Thomas Morstead, and you'll hear it all next on the Jets Country Podcast. Welcome, Thomas. Um, How about you kick it off for us with a status update? Uh, OTAs are complete. Uh, training camp starts around July 19th, I believe. Um, so what are your plans between now and then? Uh, being dad full time, um, just hanging out at home, relaxing and, uh, watching the kids while I do podcasts with you, Ralph. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. As a father of three, um, I, I I know uh, the the situation over there, so um, hopefully you'll get to spend some time with uh, some great family time. Um, let's go back to March um, when you tweeted, I believe it was on St. Patrick's Day, that you were returning to the Jets. Of course, you had a stint in 2021, uh, played with the Dolphins last year, and then you announced that you were indeed agreeing to terms to return to the Jets. Why did you decide to uh, 
to come back to gangrene? Well, I was super excited. Uh, to, to be quite honest, I was excited to go back to Miami, and um, and that just didn't pan out how, how I hoped it would. Um, and uh, so, you know, free agency is kind of a strange dynamic. You know, it's uh, you hear about guys, you know, being super excited for free agency. Um, it's a, it's a quite an anxious time for most players. You know, there's a few big names that, that kind of are going to go out and make a ton, a ton of money. But for a lot of guys, it's a, it's an anxious time. Um, you, you know, you're uncertain about wh where things are headed. And, uh, you know, when the Jets reached out and said they'd like to have me back, um, I was, you know, I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, I left on great terms and, and obviously I played really well when I was here two years ago, but, um, I just didn't ever think I'd be back. And, uh, I was excited about the opportunity. Um, I loved playing for Brant Boyer and, uh, worked with Thomas Hennessy, the long snapper. So that would probably be the biggest reason for excitement. It's just, you know, the, the think about any job you have, the, the people that you spend the most time with, if, if you're excited to be around those people, uh, no matter what the job actually entails, um, you know, it's, it's great to be around people you want to be around. So um, that was a huge, huge piece of it. Obviously, there were murmurs of Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets, and, and that was dominating the headlines all spring. And, and uh, you know, when I came on my visit to, uh, you know, get my physical and all that, it, obviously it wasn't a done deal, but everybody felt very confident that that was going to take place. So obviously having a chance to, to win it all is, uh, is, is, a, is just an awesome, awesome thing. So, um, I would say those two things were what made it the most attractive place of all the places I was looking at going. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, a future hall of famer. Um, you had the chance to play with a future hall of famer in Drew, Drew Brees, uh, during your days with the saints. Um, my question being, how does having a quarterback of that caliber um, kind of raise the expect not only the expectations but kind of raise the the attitude of 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 a team? How much uh, is there any connection there? Is there any is there any truth to that 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 having somebody who is a four time MVP? Uh, will just naturally lift everybody's spirits and, and kind of uh, get everybody focused on the goal of, of winning a championship. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that that changes uh, individual players focus or, um, you know, anything like that. I, I think, you know, I think there's probably 12 to 14 teams this year that, that legitimately have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And, and there's 32 teams that say they have a chance and that they're going to go out and, you know, you know, hope abounds for everyone at the beginning of the year. Everybody's zero and zero and you got new players and why things are going to be different. But I think deep down, um, more teams don't have a chance to win than do. And I think most people, if they were really honest with themselves on different teams, uh, they, they, would, they would know that going into the season. So I think there's just a legitimate – hope and optimism for man we we know we're going to have a chance this year and and that's if you really really know that that's super exciting and that that 
that means the opportunity. I mean, every year is an opportunity for every player, but the opportunity to win, which is what guys really, really want, um, it's there and it's not there for everybody. So I think that that is what changes. Um, the excitement level about that is just it's awesome. And, and, and I tried not to take that for granted in New Orleans with Drew. Um, but, I mean, there's just there's something different about being on a team that, that um, knows they, they have a chance if, if, if they handle all the business that they need to handle. So, obviously, you as a professional, uh, you're confident in your own individual abilities, as I'm sure your teammates are. But does the confidence level, as far as a team, as far as the team accomplishments, does the confidence level kind of kick up kick up a notch when 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 you have a Drew Brees or when you have an Aaron Rodgers uh as one of the leaders of your team yeah I mean I would speak for myself only but I think just from my experience you know I feel like you can just let it all go let it all out be aggressive um because you know I've been on teams where you knew if you made this mistake or that mistake, there was almost no chance you're going to win. And when you have a guy that can that can take a game over, there's really no situation you can be in where you don't still have a chance. And so, um, I just think when there's a the reality of that, it allows guys to play free, and it also it also adds a level of pressure and expectation for everybody to do their job. You know, you I mean if you just take the take a team that's you know, maybe flirting with playoffs. Um, the difference between you making a play and not making a play during the season could cost you a win, which could cost you playoffs or not. Um, but I think if you have a or a team that you know you're 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 not flirting with playoffs, you're flirting with making the Super Bowl, then those mistakes that you could make are uh, as a team. The opportunities they're just magnified, right? So it 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 kind of adds a level of uh, you know pressure, which which is good. You know, it's uh, everything you're doing. You know, if, if nothing's on the line, then there's there's no pressure, right? But if everything's on the line, uh, um, then there's a ton of pressure, which is exciting, I and mean, that's what you want. You want you want to be scheduled for the primetime games. You want to have the expectations that you're trying to you know, be a top seed in your conference. And, um, you know, I think it just, it just adds to the level of, of importance that every, every piece matters because opportunities like this don't come along very often. So we know that the goal for everyone in 2023 is to win a championship, to get to the Super Bowl, probably start with the division, the AFC East, and then work from there. But what about you as an individual? Uh, you've had such a long career in the NFL, and you've accomplished so much. Um, you've been on a Super Bowl winning team. Um, you've made Super Bowl winning plays that hopefully we could talk about in a little bit. But um, now in 2023, you're this deep into your career. Individually, what would you like to accomplish this upcoming season? Um, same as every year, you know, I want to play at an elite level. Um, I want to be, I call it elite consistency. That's, that's kind of, an, I would say my brand. If you ask 
people about me and how they would describe me as a player, it would be that uh, elite consistency. And, um, you know, top five in net has always kind of been a, a number that I've just always kind of arbitrarily thrown up. I think if you're in the top five in the league in net, then you're doing really, really well as a unit. So, um, but yeah, I just want, I just want my teammates to know that whether I punt once in a game or 10 times in a game, that every time they, that I go out there, it's a good play for us. We're, we're making the play that's going to help us, uh, you know, help us on to victory and that they can count on me, um, no matter the situation. When you look at your career up until this point, uh, what are you most proud of? Um, well, it's probably not the answer people are looking for, but, um, you know, I had a really tough time in 2020. Um, you know, I'd been with saints for 12 years and I, I hurt my back in July kind of, I was behind in the weight room, uh, because of COVID I'd not had access to a gym for a number of months, which at 35 years old is not a good thing. And I uh, hurt my back kind of getting back in the weight room too aggressively. Um, and I just couldn't get over the hump that my last year in New Orleans. And that's why I got released. And, um, and it was just, it was very unfortunate timing with everything. So um, it was just, just the fact that I was able to, you know, I got released and nobody really wanted me. I looked kind of washed up on film and I spent the whole off season getting strong, getting healthy and um, just the fact that I'm back playing and playing at a really high level, um, I don't think anybody thought that was the direction I was headed. And uh, I just had to prove it to myself that I wasn't done. And, um, you know, over the past two years, I think I'm the number four rated punter in, in, uh, on PFF over the past two years. So I've really rebounded well, played at a, a very consistent high level, and um, I'm very proud of that. I mean, and just the longevity alone uh, is something to be proud of. I mean, the old joke is that the NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, the average NFL player uh, doesn't make it four years, I, I think. Obviously, it's a little different for uh, specialists and for quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks and, and kickers, punters can can kind of have a, a, a longer career than, than, say, a running back. But... But even so, to, to stick around for that long and to be effective for that long, I, I would think it's something to be proud of. But um, I wanted to revisit, um, you know, probably well, one of your most known moments, um, not, not last year in week two against Buffalo. Uh, uh, we don't have to, to talk that, about that. Is, that is one of my most known moments now. <laughs> the, the, uh, the butt punt, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, like, You've done so much over the course of your career, and this is the thing that you go viral for. Um, yeah, but, well, but it's, obviously, it's, it's 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 funny because you know both the shortest kickoff of my career and the shortest punt of my career both happened on that Miami uh, Miami field, um, and and uh, both ended up being good. You know, obviously the onside kick in the Super Bowl ended up helping us win and. Um, the punt after safety, after we had the safety um, on the on the butt punt, was was a game changing play. Um, 
So it's just funny to be remembered for those two short kicks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about, of course, the, 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 the Super Bowl 44 play. Um, now, obviously you were, you were, you were the Saints kickoff specialist as well, right? At, at, at that point in your career. Correct. So, uh, obviously there was no, um, that there was an element of surprise there. It wasn't, Hey, why are they trotting Morstead onto the field? He's supposed to be out there, uh, kicking off. But, um, obviously that play coming out of halftime really turned the tide of the Super Bowl, and there they are, the New Orleans Saints. They finally get over the hump. They beat Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts, and your play was a huge part of it. Um, just what do you remember most about that moment leading up to it and then after it happens, and uh, uh, is that one of the most uh, memorable moments in your career? Yeah, honestly, the, the actual play, I kind of blacked out. Uh, it was a tremendous amount of pressure. I was a rookie. Um, you know, it was, uh, I'm glad we did it. It was, it's, it's given me a level of confidence throughout my career that I can get it done in the biggest moments, especially when you're maybe doubting yourself or have a little bit of negativity enter the mind. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was a tremendous play for us. Um, Lots of heroes on that play. Chris Reese recovering. Jonathan Casillas came across and and really jumped in the pile and you know kind of jarred a Colts player that was trying to take the ball from Chris. Um, kudos to Coach Payton for just having the guts to call that. And you know we had a level of you know confidence on that team. It was like we were going to not be dictated to. We were going to whether the plays worked out well or not, what worked out in our favor or not, we were going to. We were going to be aggressive and we were going to go take it. And so it was really awesome to be a part of that team. And it was, uh, you know, that's given me a level of confidence the rest of my career uh, that I've carried forward. Um, looking back uh, to your start at Southern Methodist, uh, you kind of have an underdog element to your career. I think you were um, – pretty uh you you were a lightweight and then you kind of sprouted up to like six four you were a walk-on i believe at smu at first or you had earned maybe an engineering scholarship um but talk about your start at smu and uh really um the 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 start of your your football career there which eventually led to uh being drafted, I believe, in the fifth round and led to uh, a 14-year career in the NFL. Uh, how did it all get started there at, at SMU when you come in as, as a walk-on? Yeah, just that. I mean, I, I wasn't recruited out of high school. Um, I, I had really good grades and scored really well in my SAT math and um, really challenged myself in school. I come from a family of engineers and uh, – so I was going to walk on at UT, and um, my high school coach just kind of kept telling me, he said, you know, I really think you're going to get washed out there. You're not going to get, you know, they're going to have hundreds of kids that show up for football tryouts. And so I went out for, uh, I, I kind of waited to commit, and I ended up getting an engineering scholarship to SMU, which, which essentially made, you know, the uh, cost of college the same as going to, 
uh, a state school like Texas. And so once that happened, you know, we went and took the visit at SMU and, um, they're like, look, we'd love to have you if you want to show up first day. You know, they had trouble fielding enough, uh, you know, walk-on players uh, after the 105 that are brought in as, you know, either scholarship or preferred walk-ons. So I just showed up first day of school, started going to workouts, started going to practice, and uh, did that for a few years. And, uh, you know, I, I put on quite a bit of weight in the first two years of college. I'd never really lifted weights till I got there. And... Um, you know, I think I walked on at 182 pounds and, you know, two years later I was about 220, 225 and, um, you know, definitely put on my fair share of the, the freshman 15 that you hear about, but my, mine I think was good weight. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I just, you know, it was never about playing in the NFL or anything like that. I just thought it'd be cool to, you know, run out in front of the crowd on a Saturday and, you know, get to be a punter or kicker for the college team. And, uh, that's all it was ever about. And, uh, two years later I got put on full scholarship and I was the guy as a field goal kicker and, and punter. And, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I think I loved it before, you know, for kind of the purest of reasons, just a chance to play on a Saturday. Like that was the dream. And, uh, as I continued working, I just, found that I was uh, considerably more talented than I had ever thought myself to be. I just kind of grew quite late and got introduced to the weight room late. And, you know, the more I lifted, the stronger I got, the stronger I got, the further the ball went, higher the ball went. And it was just kind of like a math equation to me. If you do this, you get that. And, uh, you know, you find anybody between the years of 18 years old and 23 years old that commits for five years straight of just consistency of going after it every day, uh, made tremendous strides and, uh, that's why I got drafted and, and I've just carried all that stuff with me in my career. And, um, you know, I've, I've had a, an unbelievable, amazing career. I've made more money than anybody ever at my position in the NFL. So, I mean, it's been a kind of a Cinderella story. Um, been very fortunate very grateful. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't think anybody's worked as hard as I have. I don't think anybody's put in the time and consistent demonstrated efforts to continue to try to find ways to get better. And that's why I'm still playing today. So obviously SMU, um, is a known program. It's produced professionals in the past, obviously the old pony express, um, what was, was June Jones the head coach at the time when you were there or no? My, my senior year. My senior okay. year. Okay. And and did you overlap with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley at all? Or Yeah. Emmanuel was only a year, uh, a year behind me. And uh, Cole was probably three years behind me, maybe four. Okay. Now, so for you, when did it become – realistic um about playing at the next level like wh when did you uh, quote unquote realize you were becoming a pro prospect uh during your college career well i think my third year which was my first to play i remember at the end of the season that you know we played 12 different teams and i remember feeling like none of the punters that i played against were better than me and then at the end of my fourth year, we were second in the league in net 
in, in NCAA Division One in uh, net punting out of 120 teams. And I remember after that being like, all right, I've got to be pretty good because our team's not very good, and we just led the league. We just led NCAA in punting. So, um, and then the, going into my fifth year, the summer before my fifth season or my you know fifth year in college. Um, I found out that I was the number one ranked punter on the national and the Blesto um, scouting reports for the NFL. So, um, so yeah. And then the, the, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, the rest um, is history. That's right. Well, I, I'll let you get back to your uh, to your family here in a little bit. I, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's an honor to uh, – to chop it up with you here on the Jets Country podcast. Um, before I let you go, uh, is there anything you would like to share with our listeners? Um, is there is there a charity that you're proud to work with, or is there just a message that you want to give to Jets fans, and you can do it through us? Um, uh, the floor is yours, Thomas. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. Um... No, I would just say that uh, I'm tremendously excited to be up there. Um, I'm actually moving my whole family up there for the fall, which we haven't done the past few years, kind of playing at a distance. So uh, we're going to kind of get settled into into the into a certain part of New Jersey, close to the facility, and uh, bring the whole family up there and have an awesome experience together. And, um, you know, I just hope – I hope that uh, my message will be more to my teammates that, you know, uh, you know, just because we've got the, uh, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever playing for the team doesn't guarantee us anything. And that we've all got to go out and, you know, go out and set the standard for ourselves and earn it. And, um, and I think if, if everybody does that in conjunction with the fact that we now have a phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback, then, um, we'll have a chance at maximizing, um, what we think we can do and be. And uh, just we're going to just focus on the process and let the results take care of themselves. Well, there you heard it from Thomas Morstead, longtime NFL punter, former Pro Bowler, has a Super Bowl ring. And uh, we really appreciate uh, you joining us on the Jets Country podcast. Um, and uh, maybe we'll have you again sometime down the road. Uh, ho- hopefully we can uh, – We'll be talking uh, about playoffs or or maybe a Super Bowl, uh, a pre-Super Bowl edition, a Super Bowl week podcast. All right, would you uh, would you sign up for that? If, if I'll tell you if, this, if, if we're going to the Super Bowl, I'll come on the podcast. That's a guarantee. We'll do that. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Thomas. It was great to uh, learn more about your your really storied career in the National Football League. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ralph. Thanks for having me on. So that was our Jets Country podcast conversation with Thomas Morstead. It was a pleasure to chop it up with the 14-year NFL vet. Of course, Morstead spent 12 years with the New Orleans Saints after being drafted out of SMU. He played for the Jets in 2021, filling in for an injured Braden Mann. Uh, of course, Mann was a Jets 
2020 draft pick. He went down during the 2021 season. Jets signed Morstead. He came in and was effective, and I believe it was about nine games. He punted for the Jets. After Mann returned, the Jets released Morstead. He winds up punting for the Miami Dolphins for the entirety of the 2022 NFL season. And then, of course, he signs the, he signs the deal in March to rejoin the Jets and the Jets subsequently released punter Braden Mann, and that opens up the starting job for Morstead. So he's the only punter on the roster. He'll be good to go in that number one spot come week one against Buffalo. And as you can tell from the interview, he's ready to give it his all for 2023. And we thank him for sharing some of his insight and some of his mindset with our Jets Country podcast listeners. So that's all we have for episode number two. We'll see you again soon with another special guest. Be sure to like us on your favorite podcast platform and also visit us on the World Wide Web jetscountry.com we have that si coverage for you 24 7 si.com slash nfl slash jets or just simply jetscountry.com in the browser will get you where you need to be thank you for listening i'm ralph ventry and this the Jets Country Podcast.